Welcome back to Small Town Missing. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Our uh, numbers are going up in a very, uh, what would you say, drastic way? I would say so. Yeah, uh, they're they're shooting up. They are uh, fast, and yeah, it's been great. Yeah, we beat October, and given the fact that we had a uh, technical un- issues. unexpected technical difficulties that stopped us in November, and then we had the holidays... In December. Yeah, uh-huh. so October was our best month, and we've already beaten it with this episode still unaired. I know. So, I mean, thank you We still you have guys. a week. So, thank you guys so much. That's amazing. We never yes. thought we'd get to this point. No, we did not. Well, and not only that, but we've had some really good reviews. Yes. And we appreciate you guys taking Greatly. time to do that. 100%. And we know that we're not the perfect podcast or anything like that. We're just kind of, we started a hobby, and we, you know, did it, and we appreciate you guys responding to it. And I do want to comment on one of our comments, uh, asking or saying, what was it? Uh, I wish oh, you had I have it pulled up. Do you want me to read it? No, you don't have to read it unless you just want to. I kind of wanted to okay, because uh, they had some good ideas for cases they that we did, might cover. So this most recent uh, review that we got was from B-A- it's BASP Gen X Girl. And she says she gave us a five-star review. We deserve all the five stars. Love it. Um, and she says, enjoy listening to each of you in this podcast. I've been listening for a while. I don't have an Instagram account. I wish y'all had a Facebook page. Okay, that was the comment. <laughs> that was it, the Facebook page. Uh, we have tried to make one. We've tried to make one a couple of times. I have, at least. I don't know about the other two, but yeah, I've tried. I've tried. Multiple times. But they were like... And every time I did, I would make it. I would get to the completion process. I'd go to the page, and it would say, uh, basically, you're impersonating someone. Show your ID. Yeah, and you're like, I don't have an ID that I could show uh, for like, a page like this. Um, okay. And some of the questions just were just really weird. And so we're going to try again later. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've done it... I think I've made three different ones that I've tried, but that was for, oh, maybe I didn't with Small Time Missing. Maybe I only did with RTW. I forgot we tried to do one for both, I think. Well, the problem I found with the Facebook stuff for Small Town Missing and stuff is that um, the way that it wanted me to make it was linked to my Facebook page, and I kind mm. of just want to make its own page, you Yeah, know? I would too. So, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. I'm not, uh, yeah, Rhonda, not- do you know more about Facebook than me and Thomas? Uh, no, I don't, but I tell you what, I can reach out to someone on Fiverr, uh-huh. and we'll get it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Fiverr, our Fiverr's best Fiverr's great. Yeah, they've, uh, they're, we used Fiverr for our logo, for our music. Uh, for some other logos and music for uh-huh. someone else, uh-huh. and it's really good. It's been great. It's like a if y'all ever we're not sponsored by Fiverr. I wish we were, but yes. um, if we ever want to uh, like do anything with like our podcast, I'm always going to go to Fiverr. They're so great. Yeah, yeah you can find uh, lots of talented people there. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anything you want done for you, you can go to Fiverr. Well, thank y'all all for your just dedicated support and everybody, and like you know, thank you for tuning in, and, and we thank, really have enjoyed doing this. And thank you for your comments; they thank are greatly you. appreciated. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if we mentioned it, but the podcast turned a year old January sixth. Yes, it did. Uh, that, that was makes a me feel old. Oh well, Thomas, we we kind of getting up there, man. I'm telling you. Well, the past few days have been really hard hit for the old <laughs> me getting old. That's rough. You're not old. I know, but I feel old after some of the comments that have been made towards me listen, here lately. We look great. We look great and young. I mean, listen, me and Rhonda look young, apparently. So, yeah. <laughs> They started. We have to tell the story now. Yeah, you all right, have all right. to. Let you me tell it. To. Let me tell it. Oh, okay. No, no, okay. no. I tell it better. Oh, all right. Well, fine. go ahead because no, no, we have to no, wrap no, no, this no. up and you get tell, on with our podcast. Fine, fine, fine. You tell it. I won't tell it. Okay. 
uh, <clears throat> the three of us ran an errand and picked up uh, a bottle of wine. Heck yes, we want to. Not yes. for the three of us, but for someone else. <laughs> and we were out and about, so we picked up the bottle of wine, and Will and I recorded. <laughs> Thomas was not. Oh, well, you didn't tell the fun part of the story. I was standing in between the two. Mom was standing on the inn about to pay. Will was just standing there, just listening to his own little music in his head. Of course. And I'm standing in the middle, looking at the cashier. And he goes, ma'am, can I see your ID? And he turns to Will and goes, and sir, do you have your ID with you as well? And then as he's turning back to mom, he looks at me looking caught. Like he, he looked like he was in trouble. I go, so you need to see all of our IDs? <laughs> he's like, no, sir, no. And he goes, well, um, uh, um, uh. Uh huh. <laughs> and so mom pulls out her ID, Will pulls out his, and I just pull out mine because I'm just saving face at this point. And uh, he makes a comment to mom who's like, Oh, you carded me. And he goes, Well, some people just look younger than their age. And I go, I guess I'm the opposite. <laughs> Note, he called me mom. So there you go. Yeah. And I, uh, I said, I guess I look the opposite. And he goes, Well, sir, you do have gray in your beard. He was, uh, Thomas was shook. He was shook oh, in that was. moment. And then the, the little kid bagging for him, the uh, little, little minor bagging like, for shut him. shut up. Goes, uh, well, uh, I've heard Greg comes with wisdom. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, no, it's stress. Yeah, there was no way to save that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> She's probably sitting there going, dude, just shut up. Just shut up. It's over by this point. Hey, I laughed all the way home. I did too. Me Y'all were laughing well after we got home. It's good. Listen, like, we loved it. A couple hours after we got home. We but, wanted to give him an accommodation or whatever. Uh-huh. I wanted to get him fired. <laughs> Rhonda, we are but ready for That is for the your... end of the story. You may start We are ready, Rhonda. Awesome. I'm sorry. Yes, let this, let's get this thing going. Okay. <laughs> so today's case is described as one of the most well-known missing person cases in Alabama history. Mm-hmm. Going over the case notes really drives home the fact that people need to hug their loved ones a little bit tighter because you never know the last time you may see them. Yeah, sad truth. Today, we're talking about the case of Sherry Lynn Marler, who was 12 years old when she went missing from Greenville, Alabama in 1984. Sherry was known by the nickname Little Farmer by many of the folks in Greenville. A lot of people actually knew Sherry by this name because she absolutely obsessed, was absolutely obsessed with farming. Yes. And many attest to her tomboy ways. Mm Mm-hmm. According to an article on Medium.com by Cassandra O'Hara, Sherry loved the small town life. Greenville would have definitely fit the description of a small town because its population at the time was only about 7,600. Mm-hmm. So imagine everyone's surprise when Sherry went missing on June 6, 1984. Mm-hmm. That morning at 7 a.m., Sherry's mother, mother, Betty Stringfellow, woke up for her shift at the local Waffle House and tiptoed quietly past Sherry, who was sleeping on the family's sofa that morning. Sherry's aunt was visiting, so Sherry was relegated to the couch so her aunt would have a comfortable place to sleep. This would be the last time Betty would see Sherry. Oh, man. And you know, too, like, just going back, like, she probably thinks about that moment so many times, you know? Oh, I can't begin to imagine, but I'm sure you're right. She just plays that over and over the last time she saw her child. Exactly. Around 9 a.m. that morning, Sherry woke. Her stepfather, Raymond, was getting ready to leave the house to go to the First National Bank so he could sign some official papers. Sherry wanted to come along, so she grabbed her shoes and joined Raymond on a trip to town. After the duo arrived at the bank around 9.30 that morning, Sherry asked Raymond if she could go across the street to a local Chevron station and buy a soda. Mm -hmm. Agreeing to this, Raymond gave Sherry a dollar. Raymond then entered the bank, and Sherry assumingly went directly across the street to buy her drink. After about 15 minutes, Raymond completed his business, exited the bank, 
and found that Sherry was not waiting by the car like he assumed she would be. Oh, man. In fact, he couldn't find Sherry anywhere. In in that span of time, in 15 minutes, she's just gone. Yeah, 15 minutes. Witnesses at the time placed Sherry in the vicinity of the parking lots of the General Telephone Building and Jernigan's, J-E-R-N-I-G-A-N, furniture store, which is on the way to the gas station. But no one ever saw Sherry at the Chevron station itself. Yeah, and I wish like somebody could have. And it's one of those things like they're probably just noticing things in like in retrospect. But you don't really think about like keeping an eye out on things like that, especially in a small town with seventy six hundred people. You know, you don't think people are going to go missing like that. No, no, just walking across the street basically, or yeah. maybe it, maybe it was a little bit farther because it sounds like she had to go through a couple of parking lots. Yeah, to through get there. a couple, you know. But I think they said like in some of the sources, like it's directly across the street so it's not like a long walk by any means after another 25 minutes after exiting the bank raymond called sherry's mother to see if sherry had gone to the waffle house where betty was working betty told raymond sherry hadn't been there at all so raymond began searching the initial area starting with the chevron station Mm -hmm. after finding not finding sherry at the chevron station raymond searched other stores such as the tractor shop feed store and other nearby businesses but he had no luck Sherry had vanished into thin air. We've heard that a lot, Rhonda. We've we've talked about this a lot. Yes. Uh, Betty and Raymond, fearing for their daughter's safety, reported Sherry missing at 11.46 a.m. So just uh, two hours, 15 minutes more or less after she or he realized she was gone. Yeah, and I'm glad they didn't pull that bullcrap about, oh, you got to wait 24 hours or however long. So good for them. Yeah, no kidding. Volunteers, family and friends alike assembled for search parties. Flyers were passed out, and neighboring counties were even searched, but no one ever turned anything up about Sherry. Mm. Aerial searches were even conducted by Crenshaw Flying Service, but no luck. No luck. I mean, of everything, and you would think, especially because, I mean, I feel like there probably wouldn't be much ground to cover. you think maybe they would have seen something or found something, but no such luck, I guess. No, no. Uh, there are three main theories about sherry and we've heard many of these before the first of course sherry was a runaway Mm -hmm. which i think almost every episode we've done as a younger person that was the comment yeah she's a runaway or he's a runaway yes Uh, during that time in 1984 there were apparently over one million runaway youths in the united states that's crazy that's a lot that is a lot so yeah could sherry have been another statistic Mm mm-hmm her family doesn't seem to think so. According to them, Sherry was very content. Uh, she had apparently even made plans on the day she disappeared to visit her grandmother and watch her favorite TV show. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, and why would she say that if she was planning on running away? Yeah, like, you know, that's a weird thing. Like, she, I wouldn't make plans if I was planning on running away, you know? No. Sherry was described as straight-laced and respectful as well. She didn't fit the description of a disgruntled youth who wanted to leave and never return. Mm-hmm. The second theory is that Sherry, of course, was taken by a stranger on her way to the Chevron station. Uh, The article on Medium.com said it's not uncommon for children to be taken by strangers, but it's a lot less common in small towns like Greenville, Alabama. Yeah, like I feel like everybody knows each other. You would think, okay, if that were the case, if it were a stranger, you would think in a small town like that, someone would have noticed someone who had moved to the area recently or was just passing through. I feel like especially if you know, if it's a town that has like 7,600 people, you would take notice of someone who you're not familiar with maybe. And you would have thought that if somebody was unfamiliar, maybe they would have, you know, 
picked up on, oh, you know, this person's talking with Sherry or an unknown person I don't know is talking with Sherry. So I, the fact that no one saw that, I really don't think that's, you know, the true thing. Yeah, no one had seen or heard anything that resembled an abduction on the day of Sherry's disappearance, but an abduction can happen in just seconds. Yeah, true. Uh, some potential strengths for this theory being true are there were three unconfirmed sightings of Sherry after she supposedly was abducted. All three sightings reportedly saw a girl resembling Sherry with an older, huskier man with a hardened appearance. Mm -hmm. One witness in Conley, Georgia, said the girl referred to the man as BJ, and the girl herself appeared, quote, upset, disheveled, and dazed. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because like I feel like every single um, sighting of that was similar. So, I mean, I don't know. There could be some merit to it, I guess, if everyone's seeing similar things. So who knows? As we know, in cases of missing children, many theories surround the abduction, and they sometimes point to family members or friends being possible persons of interest in the disappearance. Sherry's case is no different. Raymond, her stepfather, was questioned by police, but he was very forthcoming and cooperative with police officials. He was asked to take a polygraph, but he refused. Yeah. Which, I know, we've heard different places where they say, don't take one because it's yeah. not admissible in court. Yeah, it's not admissible. Like, would y'all take a polygraph if y'all were asked to? Probably not. I, I just don't, I don't think know. I would. I feel like because I feel like it's not an exact science it's anyway. Not, but also, you never know. There could be something wrong, faulty with the equipment. There could just be something wrong. They could be reading it wrong. You don't know that person's credentials. Yeah, you don't know true. Their experience with the equipment. There's so many things that I would put into question. In my case, I think I would just be really nervous. Yeah, me yeah, too. too. I yeah. mean, shoot, I have white coat syndrome going in to get my blood pressure taken. I can only imagine, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? Uh, it must be said that Raymond has never been listed as a suspect in Sherry's disappearance. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's where the ta the case takes a bit of a turn. Yeah. In an attempt to keep Sherry's case and memory alive, a Facebook page about Sherry and the circumstances surrounding her disappearance was created in 2012. Uh, in 2019, an update by page creator Ryan Anderson was posted. In the post itself, Ryan detailed the new suspected evidence or yeah, I'm sorry, suspected evidence that had been found in Sherry's case. The post reads as follows. Sherry Marler was murdered and dismembered by someone she knew very well, and in parentheses, not her stepfather, and thrown into a hog pen in Butler County. We believe the person who murdered her is now deceased. We strongly suspect there were one or two other people there at the time of her death, and they are also deceased. The group responsible for this update supposedly found the pig farm that Sherry was taken to in Butler County as well. The pig farm was operational in 1984, but has now been abandoned. Video footage of two separate cadaver dogs hitting on human remains was taken as well. After some excavating, clothing was discovered and sent off for DNA testing, but the Greenville Police Department indicated that the material didn't contain any DNA evidence. Which I could see, I guess, if it's been outside for a long time or anything like that. I could, I could see that, I guess. Yeah, I don't know when this search was done, but, you know, 84, that's some time ago. Yeah, and I'm not sure what clothing it was. Like, if maybe they just, you know, it's a farm, so I guess it could be, like, overalls, or we don't know. We don't know what type of clothing it was that was recovered. Ryan Anderson, the Sherry Marler Facebook page creator, even said of the photo seemingly was seemingly recovered that had taken that was taken during the farm's operational years. It supposedly depicts a pig standing over what looks like a severed human head. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys, that this is pretty disturbing. Yeah, this one has a little bit more, just, it's like a kind of a little bit of a trigger warning, but it 
it's important to talk about because we do want to kind of leave every stone like I we don't want we don't want to leave a stone unturned I guess yeah and again it looks like a human severed head yes we obviously we don't know for sure because this is just a photograph yes um, the picture isn't very focused but Will has seen it and he can attest that it does resemble something similar in shape and size of a human head as can I I yeah. saw the picture too yeah. Local law enforcement supposedly received the photo and sent it to the FBI for analysis. Ryan didn't hear any updates on the photo, and after reaching out to the FBI, it was found that they never received the photo at all. Yeah. We did go to the Facebook page, and here's one of the most recent updates about the missing photo. And you can find this on Facebook at Sherry Lynn Marler's Still Missing. This is a verbatim post that was written on November 22nd, 2020. I have received more than several messages over the last couple of days from people who have followed this page over the years, all wanting an update. When I read the messages, I feel many emotions, many emotions, hope and hopelessness at the same time, sadness, anxiety, anger, and thankfulness. Here's the only update I have to offer. The picture, as far as I know, that was confiscated by the police who was in power at the time, and in parentheses, he's no longer there, is still missing. It was supposed to be given to the FBI, but as far as I know, they never received it. Despite countless calls and texts and emails, I've never received any answers, acknowledgement, concerns, or questions since I posted almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Isn't that sad? I mean, it's. I, I guess I can understand where police officials are coming from because, you know, I'm sure they probably don't appreciate, you know, people like us or, you know, people kind of getting into the case or whatever. But, I mean, it's such an old missing persons case. you got to, like, get some help sometimes. And I, I think Ryan is has good intentions. So, I mean, if it's something that looks, you know, very sinister, I don't blame her for trying to get it looked at. Uh, no, I don't either. And she's just trying to keep this case active. Yeah. But then again, I see the other side, too. Me, too. Uh, there could be things that they are kind of holding close, Yeah, doing some research, and they don't want to let anything out until maybe they have more information. 100%. Not really sure. Uh, she continues to say, all the work we did with two different cadaver dog teams who both gave strong, irrefutable three-point indicators for human remains on the specific sites we spent so many days over the years digging were deemed by local law enforcement at the time as unreliable and false. Yeah. Uh, Ryan goes on to say that she believes she knows who did it, how it was done, and what happened to Sherry, but can't prove it due to these circumstances surrounding the police disbelief towards these findings. Yeah, which, I mean, is so sad because she really feels as if she's on something, you know, she's really close to an answer. We may never know what happened to Sherry, but it's important to keep her case in the public eye for new onlookers to view. Sherry's stepfather, Raymond, passed away from cancer in 2013, dejected and heartbroken. He could never find Sherry. Yeah. Betty, Sherry's mother, says she believes her husband has nothing to do with what happened to Sherry. She continues to keep Sherry's memory alive. And on June 6, 2010, she opened a restaurant in Enterprise, Alabama, called Carlisle's on Main. And she has a sign displayed out front that says, Open in honor and memory of Sherry Lynn Marler. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, she continues to work and dedicates thousands of hours to work with Team Hope. And Hope stands for Help Offering Parents Empowerment. And its sole focus is to train family members of missing or sexually exploited children so they can help other families in similar situations. What a great organization. It sounds like that would be something that everyone would need, you know, especially if your family's the one going through something like this. At the time of her disappearance, Sherry was 12 years old. 
She was 5'4", roughly 100 to 120 pounds, last seen wearing red long sleeve plaid flannel work shirt, faded jeans, new gray sneakers with Velcro fastenings, and a watch with a black band. She's a Caucasian female with brown hair and brown eyes. She has a two-inch scar on her abdomen and a, one, a wide one-inch scar on her upper back near her shoulder. If you have any information, you can call the Greenville Police Department at 334-382-7461. And as always, our sources will be listed in our notes, and you can follow us on Instagram at Small Town Missing. Yes. Well, before we close, I did want to pose a question to you guys. Do you guys think that one of the things that you know could help this case would be maybe for people to maybe ask around or like to, you know, inquire about this photo or something like that. I feel like that's too good of something, you know, the picture I saw, it's too, I don't know, nefarious looking to just ignore. Like, that's crazy. Now, we're okay, so you saw the picture on the Facebook page? Yes, there's the picture a picture is of the, the picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was a picture of a picture. Okay. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I and, saw it too. It, uh, it looked like enough to ask questions. Yeah, yeah. And, and my thing is, it's like, you know, I, I wish I could look at Ryan's, because I didn't look all the way back to like the 2012 post, I guess, when this was initially published. But I do want to maybe ask her or like, you know, inquire about how this kind of theory that she has was obtained. Because in none of the other other sources, like Charlie Project or anything like that, this wasn't anything. I mean, this is a new development, newer than, you know, I guess Charlie Project was last updated, I think, in like 2014 on this case. So this is a new development. I would just like to know how she got onto this track, you know? Yeah, that would be interesting to find out. I mean, have they, has someone gone back and started uh, reexamining the witnesses and yeah. asking more questions? And I wonder also, because this is almost 40 years ago. Yeah. Could someone maybe have been afraid to say anything back then and might be willing to say something now yeah. if they were interviewed? I do think that I did see something about some of the pictures that were obtained were gotten from a family member of one of the supposed suspects. We've never been given a suspect's name, which honestly I'm kind of glad for because I don't want to you know, throw any red herrings or anything out there. But it is interesting to say that you know this person that they talked to was very forthcoming with these pictures. So, I mean... I, I think that it's just too weird looking to not look into. So I'm, I'm glad at least Ryan is kind of keeping this case's memory alive a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you know, apparently she's been walking, working with some teams and some cadaver dogs to try to locate yeah. Sherry. So maybe something will come out of that. I don't you know. You know, and it reminds me, uh, Rhonda, you remember the Maura Murray case that we talked about a few weeks ago? Yes. So, well, I guess it's a few months ago at this point. Um, it was actually, I think, crowdfunded. You remember Maura, there was a A-frame house, I think, that was searched uh, in conjunction with, like, they, they think that this was related to Maura going missing or, like, somewhere that she might have been. That actually was uh, searched due to, I think, the influence of the people who were looking at, like, the web sleuths of the world looking into this case. There was so much outcry that this house wasn't being searched that they had to search it. So maybe that's just something that has to happen here too. You know, who knows? Well, and you know, the picture, the focus seems to have been certainly with the cadaver dogs in the livestock pen or the yeah. pig pen. Uh-huh. I wonder if there are other places like maybe barns and houses that could be searched. Exactly. And it, it, there's some other stuff we didn't mention that sounds kind of nefarious that we didn't mention in this podcast. It's on the Facebook page if y'all want to look into it. I'll let you guys look into that if you want to. But it, 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 it this was a heavy topic for sure. 
Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and disturbing. I mean, in a lot of ways. I mean, all missing person cases are disturbing. Yeah. But some, yeah, the picture, that's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. Well, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And keep commenting. Keep subscribing. And keep giving out suggestions. We definitely appreciate it. And we'll catch you next week. Thank you.